so much appreciated the music throughout the day today. Appreciate all those that have a part in it. Children did a fantastic job. Appreciate that much. Appreciate the workers that led them. Thank you for that. Grab your Bible. Start with me. Proverbs chapter number 16. Proverbs chapter number 16. Bible in front of you if you need it. And um, encourage you to join us. We're going to, as we have been on these Sunday evenings, talking about Christian character. As I was sitting here and listening to the, the, the patch uh, and peewee presentations, I realize I often forget that I have to shorten my messages on nights like this because time is fleeting. So what's probably going to happen is this is going to turn into a two-part, both tonight, Sunday night, and then next Sunday night, favorites night, depending on how many of you folks sign up, is typically a shorter night to preach. And so last time it was, so we'll kind of split it up uh, as the Lord guides and directs in that because I think this is a very important message. And young people, children, I want you to listen, and we'll try to make some illustrations even tonight that, that might help you understand what what this is talking about. The title of the message is simply this, the peril or perils of intemperance. The peril or perils of intemperance. Immediately that the question, especially for the younger audience here, what in the world is that big word intemperance? What, what does that mean? Well, it's a big word or it's a, maybe a not well or often used word, well-known word. Intemperance is uh, really, it just means this, a lack of control or restraint. A lack of control or restraint. Now, as we consider the, the passage that we're going to look at and uh, that we'll consider this evening, it is the idea of controlling one's flesh, the old nature. Okay, so young person, you have an old nature, I have an old nature, a, a flesh, and this word is speaking of controlling that. Not allowing it to control me, but me controlling my flesh. An easier term, and one that sometimes we can understand a bit better, is this. Children, have your parents ever said this to you? You need to show some self-control. Or husbands, your wives ever say that to you? Anyway, uh, self-control. Show some self-control. The idea of controlling your flesh. May I say this, and I mean this, and this is why we preach a message on this. It is one of the most important character traits for any Christian that we can learn. Unfortunately, it's not practiced nearly as often as it needs to be. Self-control in every area of life. Controlling our flesh. I think Paul understood that. He understood the great need for self-control, for the avoidance um, of intemperance at all costs. One of my favorite verses in the Old Testament, specifically in the book of Corinthians, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And it, 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 it's a verse where Paul is speaking. He says, listen, hey, controlling flesh, controlling self is of utmost importance. Every Christian, the youngest to the oldest, you know, sometimes we think the older we get, the more we can share anything and everything. And we can say anything and everything. We can do anything and everything. Can I tell you, whether you're a saint, a believer that's 8 years old or 88 years old, you still need to show self-control in every believer in between. Self-control. Paul says it's crucially important. That you and I bring our bodies under subjection, not allowing it the freedom and free reign to do whatever it wants to do. You see, here in Proverbs chapter 16, Solomon, 
he made an important observation. Look at verse 32, specifically the last part. And uh, the first part does a great job speaking to anger. But notice this, verse 32, first part says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Verse 32, the second part, And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. He that ruleth his spirit, controls his spirit, controls his flesh, uh, that old nature. He that controls it literally is better than someone who conquers a whole city and rules it. Now listen, young person, here's the simple principle. The reality is this. Paul is saying, okay, you want, you want to be a godly Christian. You want to be somebody who, who, man, God can use, God can bless. Be in control of yourself. Have control of your flesh. Just don't react. Just don't respond. And whatever your flesh wants to do, just don't do it. Okay? Um, let's see. CJ, can you help me for a second? Come on up, buddy. Okay? We'll step on this front step so you can see CJ. Okay? CJ, stand here. All right. Now, let's just say CJ are here, and he and I are standing here, and all of a sudden, CJ gets the bright idea, he wants to punch me. Okay? So CJ is going to punch me, not too hard, because we are going to go home together. Okay, so punch me. Go ahead, right. That's a good boy. <laughs> smart kid, I tell you, smart kid. <laughs> he takes after mom. Okay, uh, sorry. Now, now listen, if someone punches me, what is the typical human response? What, what do we do? What, what does our flesh want to do? Punch you back. All right, you ready? I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. Okay, that. That's our typical, right? Hey, children, someone hits you, brother, sister hits you. That, that's a typical response. Our, our flesh wants to retaliate. It wants to get back at someone. And yet self-control says, no, don't do that. Now, he didn't show self-control. And so sometimes we say, well, if he doesn't show self-control, I'm not going to show self-control. Is that the Christian way? No. No. So from a young age, God expects you and I to understand and grasp, hey, young person, God wants you to grasp that you need to be in control of yourself, no matter what someone else does to you. For instance, CJ could say it means, hey, okay, this is what you're going to say, okay? Say, hey, I watched you play basketball. You're terrible. Okay? Say that real quick. All right, now speak up. Speak up. Come on. I watched you play basketball. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Now, now, think of any un unkind thing that somebody can say to you. And the reality is people can say all kinds of mean things, rude things, right? And, and sometimes, certainly, they don't mean it. Other times, they mean it. Now, what does my flesh want to do? Oh, yeah? I'm bad at basketball. I've seen you play badminton, and you wouldn't even make it off the bench. We can go down this road. We can spar verbally. We can go at it. We can give and take. That's what my flesh wants to do. Now, the Bible says what? Control your flesh. Control it. No tit for tat. No retaliation. That's what my flesh wants to do. But does that glorify God? No. The Bible says be kind one to another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another. The Bible says your speech ought to edify, ought to build up, ought to be seasoned with grace. It ought to be really encapsulated with love. Let's say that uh, this box of Kleenexes was a toy, okay? And let's say I'm playing with a toy, young person. I'm playing with a toy, and uh, CJ just decides he wants to take it away from me. He wants it, and he wants to take it away from me. Go ahead and take it away from me. Oh. Oh. What does flesh want us to do? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got to put your son in his place every once in a while. Hey, don't leave. Come back here. I'm not done. 
man, I got to go over these things at home with him before. (laughs) So, hey, what's our response? Oh, it's to get back. It's to scream and yell. How many of children have screamed and yelled? Give me that back. I'm going to tell mom. And man, all of a sudden, we, we, we have what? Lost control. Hey, young person, now listen to me. Young person, it can happen in a car. It can happen in a classroom. It can happen at home. It can happen in Sunday school. It can happen in junior church. It can happen in Patch and Pee Wee. It can happen on the playground. It can happen in a gym. It can happen anywhere. Anywhere your flesh is, you're going to have the temptation to allow your flesh to have free reign. And the Bible says what? Control it. Control it. Don't lash out, not tit for tat, not, not, not giving back when someone gives to you. Okay? Think of it this way. If he, took, if he took the toy, what would be a godly response? Let's have a young person raise your hand. Tell me, what would be a godly response? What would be a good response to him taking a toy? What, what would we say it is? Huh? What do you think? Mr. Benson. Excellent. Yeah, please. May I have it back? Can I have my toy? That's good. Kindness, not just ripping it out. Hey, can I have my toy back? What are you going to say to that? No, good answer. No. He said, no. Okay, how do I respond now? What's my response? What what could I do? What could I say? What do you think? Mo? I mean, Carson? Sorry. Excellent. You can play with it a little bit. Go ahead. I hope you enjoy it. Go ahead, play with it. It's all right. Okay, if you don't want it, I mean, <laughs> no, you, you go ahead and play with it. It's okay. You play with it. Now, listen to me. Is that natural? No, that doesn't happen natural. You don't just, oh, yeah, that, that's my first response. That's the, that's the thing I wanted to do. I didn't want that toy. You go ahead. And, that doesn't come natural. Listen to me. That is supernatural. It's supernatural. It's not normal. It doesn't come. If we allow our flesh to dictate what happens, I'm going to be ripping that toy back, screaming and yelling, pushing, hitting, whatever the case may be. So the Bible says this, control your flesh. And in controlling it, we understand it doesn't come natural, and I need God's help to control my flesh. I'm going to have to have God. And it isn't just young people. How many of you have ever accidentally pulled out in front of someone and somebody was on your bumper so much you could see the red of their eyes? You know, you got scared because the little mirror that said objects are, 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 are closer than they appear or something like that or bigger, and, and you could see their eyeballs. And they were trying to, quote-unquote, teach you a lesson and get mad. Or you were the other person who was riding the bumper. What caused you to do that? I'm going to show them a lesson. No one pulls out in front of me. Hey, there's probably not one of us that isn't tempted in some way or another to allow our flesh to have free reign, to rule. You can be a young person, you can be an adult, you can be a teenager, it doesn't matter. The fact is this, we are all called upon to control our flesh, to restrain it. That's what the word means. Thank you, my son. Appreciate it. As we think of this verse, the Bible says this. If you control your flesh, you are better than someone who conquers and controls an entire city. Again, it's only going to happen supernaturally. 
You and I can't do it in our own power. If we try to do it in our power, we're going to fail completely. All of us will. And here's the problem. Now listen to me. This is the danger, the peril of intemperance, of lack of self-control. When I do just what is right in my own eyes, there's a whole lot of price to be paid, cost to be paid. See, there's a peril. There are dangers when I just say, okay, I'm going to do whatever my flesh wants. Remember, in the days of Noah, the description is this. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Okay. Now, now sometimes we think about that in, in correlation to the eyeball. Reality was is this. What that statement means is that every person just gave way to their flesh. What they saw in their heart and that they wanted to do, what their flesh desired to happen to, to give themselves, they did it. They just let go. Now here's the problem with that. As they let their flesh rule, they didn't control it. What did it lead to? Well, my friend, it led to utter chaos. It, it led, obviously, to eventual judgment And for many of them, it led to destruction. Believer, can I tell you tonight, if you live a life constantly giving into the flesh, it will lead to judgment. And you will destroy your life. It's true. Hey, young person, if you start out in kindergarten and first and second grade and third and fourth grade, and you, you just get mad whenever you want to, you say whatever comes to your mind, and you just do and hit and whatever, whatever comes naturally, I'll tell you, friend, you're headed for a lot of judgment, and you're headed for destruction. For destruction. You've got to control your flesh. That's what God calls us to do. See, it's the same is true today as it was in the days of Noah. There's much danger, much peril to be had in lack of self-control. Let me put it this way, okay? When we think of self-control, if we don't learn it early, and parents, let me encourage you, one of the greatest character traits that you can develop in your children is self-control. Self-control. Not only for common human decency, but for a spiritual trait. Self-control. You see, if we don't learn it early, we don't practice it often. And self-control does take practice, doesn't it? Not saying what, oh, that, 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 that what comes to mind first. Uh, doing what, what I think of first. It takes self-control. It takes practice of controlling self. Because if we don't do that, our flesh will run away with us. It will take us down a path leading to judgment and destruction. Leading to judgment and destruction. You see, it, it doesn't take you long to scan through the headlines, maybe to listen <coughs> excuse me, to the evening news. And they are full of people who do bad things because they have no control over their flesh. Just every whim, every desire, they just, there's no restraint. There's no control over self. And if you read an article about an adult, I'll guarantee you, it didn't just happen as an adult. It started when they were young. No restraint. They weren't taught self-control through the power of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. They never developed it and practiced it. So that when they get in a, as an adult, someone mouths out to them, they punch them. Someone does something unkind and they pull a gun. I, it's, there's no self-control. Boy, doesn't our culture full of it? And it's sad. We must have to even admit 
that our, even our president gets himself consistently in trouble because he has no control over his flesh in what he says and what he treat, tweets. Can I tell you, my friend, you and I as Christians, one of the great ways that we can set ourselves apart is through exercising self-control in a way that honors and glorifies God. Let me give you another illustration. Maybe this will help, all right? Um, tomorrow morning, that's Monday morning, in case you forgot. Monday morning, class here at Fostoria Baptist Academy starts at 8.30. Mrs. Letourneau over here, uh, our illustrious piano player, she teaches fifth and sixth grade. And uh, class will start, let's just say tomorrow morning, she walks into class and, and her students have already arrived and, and all of a sudden she begins to notice uh, that these students have decided on Monday morning, the 12th of November, 2018, they've decided to do that which is right in their own eyes. Okay? So she walks in the classroom, and boy, it's, it, it's already not started yet. What does she recognize? Well, first of all, there's Zach. He's drawing all kinds of pictures on the board without permission. There's Braden. He's playing soccer in the classroom. Cameron brings a trumpet to class and plays it constantly. Carson is playing the piano and singing at the top of his lungs. Trevor, he's rearranging all the desks and he's stacking some uh, into making a castle. TJ is cleaning out all the cubbies and everyone's stuff and rearranging it. Dalton is opening the window and throwing out anything and any person he can get his hands on. Caden decides to make a pinata out of all of Mrs. Letourneau's decorations, wildly swinging at them with a stick. And there is sweet Brooklyn, taking every book off the bookshelf and throwing it across the classroom. Now, in utter dismay, as Mrs. Letourneau sees it, she tries to get order. Kids, settle down. Stop doing that. And no one listens. She goes and gets Mr. Quick. And Mr. Quick, you've got to fix this. This isn't going well. These kids are just doing whatever is right in their own eyes. They, they, they won't listen to me. Whatever they want to do, they just do it. And Mr. Quick comes in, and, and they won't settle down. They, they're, they're not being quiet. Mr. Quick comes to get Pastor Henry, and I say, I'm out for lunch, and I say, go get Pastor Aaron. <laughs> Pastor Aaron goes down and, and tries to, and they don't listen at all. Now listen, what would you call that? A typical Monday? No. It's not normal. Actually, the class is typically very well behaved. Mrs. Letourneau, as you can imagine, keeps a tight shit. ship. Excuse me. Can I tell you? Listen to me very carefully. You know what you call that? Chaos. Trouble. And will you listen to me carefully, young person? Whenever you or I do that which is right in our own eyes, we're headed for trouble. Trouble. What would happen in that scenario? Can I tell you right now, there would be a whole lot of judgment meted out. Both at school and for many of those students, also at home. Judgment would fall. Punishment would happen. And it would wreck and ruin a lot of people's days. Can I tell you right now, that if you and I don't control our flesh, we're in for a boatload of trouble. You know what it does? Listen carefully. It takes us down a sorrowful path. It takes us and brings us to a sinful path. And in the end, it causes us to be slaves to our own flesh. 
Turn with me, and then we'll be done after this passage. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter number 4. Proverbs chapter number 4, if you will, with me. See, if we think that I can, if I think, excuse me, I can go through life and not control my flesh, not doing whatever, uh, or just doing whatever I feel like doing, whatever I want to do, whatever I think about doing, it's going to take me down this type of path. Notice what is described here. Proverbs chapter number four. This is the first point. This will be the only one we get to tonight. And uh, it's this. Understand, this is the path. First of all, it's the sin of intemperance. The sin of intemperance. Look with me, verse number 10 if you will, Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 10. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom, I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Notice it, enter not into the path of the wicked. Go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it and pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away, unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. You say, Pastor Henry, what does this have to do with intemperance? What does it have to do with the lack of self-control? Well, really, it has a whole lot to do with it. If you'll notice, first of all, in, these two pa- in this passage, there's two ways that are presented to us. The first is the way of wisdom. Verse 11 introduces that. It talks about the profitability of the way of wisdom. Here are the good things that are going to happen to you when you follow after godly wisdom. Secondly, in verse 14, there is the way of the wicked or the evil that is presented. And it says, listen, here are the dangers, here are the bad things that are going to happen to you when you follow the way of the wicked, the evil. And that way of the wicked is a great lack of self-control. Notice, if you will, with me, let me describe it this way. Wisdom, as Solomon says here, leads a person to keep their body under their control as they yield to God. They control their flesh and in turn give control of their lives to God. He enables them and gives them the power to keep their flesh under control. And that is how your days are many, as this passage describes. That's wisdom. Wisdom provides for your days to be many. It's the right path. It's the way in which your steps in life are, as the verse is put out, they're established, they're secured. It's the way in which you won't stumble in life. In fact, Solomon says this, if you follow the way of wisdom, a self-controlled kind of life, that is literally life. In and of itself, it is life. And yet he says, whoa, there's a whole other way you can follow. It's the way of the wicked. It's the path of of one's flesh leading and and ruling. It seeks its own. It, It seeks to do mischief, and it only looks out for itself while gladly causing harm to others. I think one of the most amazing uh, statements here or in, in this passage is, notice it, what I just described, the second part of verse 16. And their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. Literally, they can't sleep until they hurt someone else. They can't sleep until someone else is negatively affected by them. That's what their flesh desires. That's crazy as you think about it. And yet, you, you've shown me a person who constantly gives into the flesh. They are always looking out for themselves. And in looking out for themselves, what do they do to other people? They bully them. 
They push them down to lift themselves up. That's what Solomon is describing here for us. He goes on, he said, those on this path are consumed with fulfilling every wicked imagination of the heart. They live their lives on a constant diet of wickedness and violence. Verse 17 tells us that. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. What a statement. A constant diet. That you give in the flesh and you just do whatever feels right. That'll be your constant diet in life. What would we call this? Well, what was just described in those last few verses is the life of sin. A life where sin guides us and directs us, where we give in to every inclination, every temptation. We allow our flesh to indulge itself in everything it wants to do. If I want to punch somebody, I punch somebody. If I want to tell somebody off, I tell somebody off. It does not matter. I give in to my flesh. And the minute I live life like that, can I tell you, Christian, you and I are sinning before an almighty God. A God that says, control your flesh. Don't allow sin to rule and reign. Don't allow your flesh to, to, to have the rule. Control it. You see, in the life of sin, the sin of intemperance, that lack of restraint and self-controlled, is magnified over and over and over. It is well pictured in this illustration. You see, it's the little boy that indeed does take his brother's toy. If his brother's playing with it, he takes it and he, and because he wants it and he desires it. And when he does, his mother asks him the question, why did you do that? Why did you take your brother's toy right out of his hand when he was playing with it? And his simple response is this, because I wanted to play with the toy. I wanted it. Well, it's the same boy when he grows up a little bit. He, he doesn't learn self-control. He goes to school and, and a classmate does something that he doesn't like and in response, He punches his classmate in the face. The teacher pulls him aside and says, Hey, why did you do that? Why did you punch your your classmate in the face? The simple response, the only response is this. Because I wanted to punch him. He made me mad. The same boy. He grows up on the outside, but still on the inside, he is full of intemperance. There's no lack of, or excuse me, there's no self-control. There's no restraint. He finally gets a job in life. He only has it for a few weeks, and yet he gets bothered by a small, insignificant thing. He gets angry, and in that anger, he quits the job. His boss comes to him and says, hey, why, why are you quitting? He simply responds, because I want to quit. I don't like this place anymore. Amazingly, that same boy somehow marries a beautiful girl. And soon into their marriage, they begin to argue over something, and the anger rages within him. It builds up to such a degree that he can't hold it in any longer. He lashes out at her, slaps her across the room. With eyes full of tears, she asks him, "How, if you love me, how could you do that to me? And his reply comes from a cold heart, and he simply says this, because I wanted to do it, you made me upset. One final time, this boy is upset. He's angry at a co-worker. And so one day when he's had enough, he takes a gun into work, and he shoots that co-worker. Kills him. The judge that is about to send him away for life asks him the obvious question. 
Why did you do it? The well-used response comes from the perpetrator's mouth. Because I wanted to do it, he bothered me. And so goes the life of one that as a child doesn't learn self-control. Oh, Pastor Henry, aren't you blowing it out of proportion? No, because I'll tell you right now, our prisons are full of people who can't control themselves. And some of those people may have sat in a pew in a church, and they may have heard the preaching of God's Word, but they never learned self-control. And it led to a life of sin, the sin of intemperance, not controlling themselves, not restraining their own flesh. And my friend, it will take you down a dark and dangerous path when you do not learn self-control. This is just one of the dangers or perils of intemperance. So tonight, as we close, let me challenge you. Let's look and ask the Lord to show us areas in which we lack self-control. And we cry out to Him to help us gain it through the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank You so much for Your Word, and we're grateful for all that has been accomplished this evening through the, the songs, the music, and Father, especially in this message, we pray that You would help it to, to speak to our hearts continually this week. May, may we be challenged to, to restrain our flesh, to keep it under control, to demonstrate a self-control that You've called us to have as Your children. Father, I pray that we would realize that even in the smallest of children, The lack of self-control is a big deal. Give us grace as parents to teach our children to just show self-control. Help our children who are old enough to understand. Help them to show self-control this week. Help them lean on you and allow you to guide them and direct them and give them the grace to, to control their flesh. Father, be with each adult here. Sometimes, Lord, that we lose control of our flesh too. In a hasty word, an impure thought, an action that doesn't please You. Help us tonight to confess that sin. And Father, help us to plead with You for the strength and grace and power to be Christians that show and demonstrate self-control in every area. Help us now in this invitation. Help us to do business with You. And we pray, Father, that You would do work as only Your Holy Spirit can do in our lives this evening. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I'll ask you to join me in standing all across the auditorium. The piano begins playing.